We don't want to see ourselves as easily controlled or manipulated. And that's exactly why we are easily controlled and manipulated. Hi, hope you're well. This is PD at the Art of Self-Development. This podcast is for everyone interested in psychology or who wants to develop the most useful people and life skills for yourself and for the people around you. We give a lot of our attention when we are growing up and going to school and throughout our lives to what we think or what we should think. We give very little attention to how we think and how that influences what we think. And this is something that, as society, we really should take a good look at. Because these two things are closely related. But the way we approach it, in some ways, tends to be backward. Because how we think, that part is really more important. And it informs, it translates into what we think throughout our lives, whether or not that is the best way to think or the right one, the most truthful. So what we think is not as important as the skill itself, the ability to think critically, to work with facts, to go back to the basics, rather than to repeat or think what other people have us to think. And this is becoming more and more obvious with the way that media works now, as opposed to as it did in the past. Because there has been a lot of development. And of course, not all of it is good. But the good thing about it, about the move from the newspaper to cable news to social media, is as we get more and more information from less reliable sources, this really puts more emphasis on the way we, individual people, are able to work with information and really sift through it, distinguish what is true, what is not. This is a skill that has become super important that most people still lack. So this episode will be an attempt at moving us a little bit closer to the state of knowing how to think in order to know what to think, not based on what other people tell us, not even on what makes you feel good or what feels right, but closer to what actually is true. In this day and age, in the era of the internet and social media, we are mostly controlled by people we don't know, people we have never met, who are the ultimate authorities. And of course this also goes for our state representatives and other authorities, but at least we have some connection with them and they have some sort of responsibility which we do not have as individuals on the internet, typically. So there is no need to verify information that you want to present to other people. It's just a moral responsibility that you may or may not follow. But the fact that we're influenced by people, regular ordinary people, who have no accountability and who can influence masses easily, that part is new. And we need to learn to be more responsible 
using the internet as a platform in all of its shapes to really help each other see more, get a better perspective and more fuller perspective, rather than try to influence and manipulate, or at least not in a bad way. The fact that anybody can have a platform means there will be a lot of people trying to change the way you think who do not have your best interest in mind. And again, this goes for everybody. Bloggers, podcasters, influencers, I hate the word, but that's what we kind of all are. And I think that the fact that we can all do these things is great if we take responsibility for the results that we create. Because if you take a person who never had any real influence over other people, because they were not all that good at dealing with people, or they were not considered trustworthy, and they now get a platform, they often figure out fairly quickly that the best way to get attention is not to try to make something better. That's hard work. That is boring to the masses. It is to try to attack somebody else or something else, to complain about something, or at least to ridicule and make fun. Because the two emotions that we react to the most, that make us react, are fear and anger. And whenever you poke at someone to create these emotions, you can create these waves of people responding to what you do. And everybody who ever wrote a hoax knows that. Because that's how they almost invariably operate. On fear and anger. If you write about something that makes you feel good, or that you think is good, or that is right, that piece of information will not get shared nearly as much. So the most powerful ways to gain attention is to give the idea in some way, shape or form that people's most basic needs are threatened in some way. And you can think of the Maslow's hierarchy of needs and the lowest ranks, the base of the pyramid, with the things like food and shelter and personal safety. And if you can create in people the idea that some of it is threatened for you or your family, and you can make people believe that, you will create a large following of angry, fearful people who will do what you want them to do. And this is a horrible way to gain following or to achieve your goals in general. But we need to keep in mind that this is what people do when they don't have our interests in mind. If you take people's security away or create the idea that is the quickest way to become a leader of sorts, albeit a very negative one. This is the way to move the masses. Because a mass, unlike an individual, does not think clearly, if at all. A person who believes that their most basic values and needs are threatened does not think clearly. They just want to re-establish some sort of balance or safety. And if these people get into a group, a mass, a mass of people, where there are no real individuals, because you lose the ability to critically think, this is when bad things happen 
and this happens more easily than most of us realize. And there are different ways to achieve that goal. Some of the most typical being, for example, a false flag, creating imaginary dangers, or even just repetition, where you keep saying something you want people to believe, which at first people will resist, but over time they will accept the information subconsciously, even though consciously they resist it. It really can be that simple. And this is why countries still use propaganda. And that includes the democratic ones. We still have that. Some use it more, some use it less. Because the lessons learned in the past, they don't really change. For example, Goebbels, the Nazi propaganda leader, he said about political language that it is a way how to make lies sound truthful, how to make murder seem respectable. And anybody who's good at language, who understands how people's minds work, and who sees other people as a tool, as a means to an end, can easily do that. And from time to time, we're shocked at how easily that happens. Because when people get into a group, they are less likely to think. And the identification with the group gives us a lot of feeling of strength to do something, to make something happen. And it's not always a bad thing to be a part of a mass. You can consider the feeling when you're at a football match, for example, or any other match where there's a lot of people and there are two teams and you feel the sense of belonging, of being united, of being together. We can organize ourselves for all kinds of causes that are good and have everybody benefit. How we use the mass is really up to us, but it is much easier to manipulate people to do bad things than to organize them to do their best. And a person is easily manipulated if they don't realize how manipulation works. For example, you may be manipulated to want an item, such as a car, and you think that you want it as a means of locomotion, of getting from one place to another. But the car salesman who's trying to sell you the car, they will not talk about that at all, because they know that's not really what's going on. They're more likely to talk about how fast the car is, how classy it looks, what impression you will make. Because oftentimes when we are buying a car, we don't just want something that'll get us from point A to point B. We want something that'll elevate our social status, that'll make an impression, a statement, is even more of a motivation than the practical use. And if you're not aware exactly of what motivates you and your decisions, then you're very easy to be manipulated, and you won't notice it. The person who thinks they cannot easily be manipulated is the one who is manipulated the easiest. They are defenseless. They don't know when it happens. We as people, as individuals and as society, we are moved by the things that we are not aware of. If you can see how other people push your buttons, then you are in the best place 
to take a look at the wiring and then disconnect the wires from the buttons so that the manipulation no longer works. But if you have no idea where the connections are, where your wiring is, this is where you're hopeless. Until you start questioning your motives and your actions, your decisions. And this is where individuals have much better time, a much better chance to really get out of being manipulated. Because when you get out of the group, this is where, in most cases, we can come back to our senses. We can think again more clearly. We can think about what really motivates us, what actually matters to us, what we want to achieve for ourselves, not just as groups of people that are fighting each other. And we have a lot of division these days, especially through social media, because we naturally see ourselves and each other as us and them. And there are different groups that we can feel we belong to, whether or not we actually do. Where are you when it comes to politics? On the left or on the right? What is your race? What social class do you belong to? What social class do you hate? What is your gender? Are you a man or a woman? Or maybe you identify with another gender or no gender. All of these things create divisions between people. And the more classes, the more groups we create, the more division there is. There's nothing wrong with identifying exactly where you want to belong. But that should never be a competition or a reason to fight people who have a different opinion or were just born with a different skin color. And again, this is a natural process. It's almost impossible to avoid, but we can learn how it works. And through understanding the principles, we can become closer once again. We can see ourselves and other people as individuals with very specific, unique ideas and goals. And we can explore our differences without the need to attack. Because differences are not bad. In most cases, they're positive. They're good. And using these principles against different groups of people is something that countries intelligence communities, and of course politicians and newspeople are very aware of. Because if there is a competing country or a country with a competing ideology, sometimes intel communities try to weaken the unity of another country for political, economic, or military reasons. You can have other people attack each other divide and conquer, one of the oldest principles that was used in war of any sort. The less united the people you want to invade or control, the easier your job will be. And it is our job as individuals to not have that happen too much. We can realize our differences, we can form groups and still respect each other, try to understand where the other person or the other group is coming from learn to live together better. And this is something that will happen in the future because the whole situation 
where we can no longer trust the news and we know we can't trust social media. We are bound to learn to work with it better. We have to distinguish good information that is trying to inform or improve to that which only aims to control us. Even as we move from regular news that we used to have in the past that were about real-life events, things that were noteworthy or rare or important, to the trend that we have today where we create news, we have pseudo-news, we have planned news to influence our opinions rather than what actually matters objectively speaking. Unlike in the past where news were boring because they were about real-life events, now we expect sensations and we force in this new environment that we live in, we ourselves form news media to be clickbaity because otherwise they would not survive if they have to live on clickbait where the only aim they have that they need to fulfill is to attract our attention without the need to actually inform or lead to a positive change. And this is something that I think will not be the same in 10 years' time. Something will have to change because we switched too much and we will need to take responsibility both for what information we want to see and for how we work with it. And we will go back once again from the things that sound interesting or look important to those that actually are, from the masses to the individual, to being interested in what is different rather than see it as a threat. And in reaching out to other people, see where they're at, appreciating each other for who we are, and create a little bit more space for other people in our own lives to live a better life, apart and together. You are the master and the sum total of your thoughts. Your thoughts create pictures which lead to your actions. Your actions create habits. Your habits create who you are. And most of all of these, your actions are the key. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Art of Self-Development. If you got some value out of this episode, or you know someone who might benefit from this podcast, share it with your friends. With questions, suggestions, or insights, write me at pdartofsd at gmail.com. Keep doing your part to create the best possible life for yourself and others. And through what you do, leave the world better than you found it. Thank you.